Hello, everybody. Today, we are doing a draw along focusing on the male torso. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need here at Art Prof, critiques, tutorials, and professional development. Now, Jordan, you're not using Photoshop today, correct? Correct. I'm using a program called Clip Studio Paint. I know none of you can see it because it's just a white background, but Photoshop was moving a little too slow and uh, I draw quickly. So I need I need something else to get the, get this going. I don't really know the difference between Clip Studio and Photoshop. Can you explain that a little bit? So Clips, I'm sorry, uh, let's start with Photoshop. Photoshop is actually just a, it sounds, it is what it sounds like. It's a photo editing software, but what happened back in, I don't know, the late nineties or two thousands, people started turning it into a drawing software. And uh, that's kind of how it became popular and it became industry standard. Um, so it's actually meant for photos, but we just kind of adapted it to our needs. With Clip Studio, it's the exact opposite where um, it's specifically designed for artists. And so it has all these additional uh, tools that are available like comic formats and it has certain brushes that you can use as a perspective tool it has um, a lot of really cool features that uh that are really great for artists that photoshop simply does not have um and as of right now it's moving way faster <laughs> for me so i'm just gonna stick with this i think for a while i just realized this is a torso stream and i'm drawing a portrait <laughs> Oh, I'm going to tell on you, Claire. I'm going to tell. You're drawing a torso. That That's all we need for the YouTube title. Oh, that's all we need for the thumbnail? We're good? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> tell us in the chat who's going to draw along. It's been a long time since we had a draw along. And thanks to all of you, I have a desktop now which is making the draw alongs possible. We have an amazing community, Jordan. Isn't that incredible the way people came through for that? Oh yeah, you guys are the best. I, you know, there, there's one YouTuber who says that uh, he has the best uh, YouTube channel that side of the internet. And I could say that we probably have the same, the best audience on this side of the internet. So this is great. Thank you guys so much for all your support over the years. It's been fantastic. Well, and all of you are the reason why we've been able to keep our content free. And that's always been extremely important to me, even though it's a terrible business model, but it's because people come through for us. And so if you're giving us $5 a month, that matters so much. So never think that your participation doesn't impact us because it all absolutely does. Thank you guys, thank you. Plus, Jordan, some people are just so mean on the internet. I'm like, how did we find this place yeah. that has really nice people that care about each other and it's not just me, 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 me? You know what? I wonder if, because our channel really started taking off during the pandemic and I wonder if because it was part of that, that because um, I think we all crave personal connection and, you know, being with people who are like-minded and stuff, I wonder if that somehow contributed in some sense. You know what I mean? Like we just all found well, each other to do art. <laughs> if you look at our YouTube stats, we had crickets for years before we had anybody who cared about what we thought. 
Well, yeah. Jordan, you and I were just talking about building a following uh -huh. and it's work. Yeah, I, I actually, I think I um, probably underestimated exactly how much it would take to, <laughs> to build an audience on social media. Cause you know, I go on Instagram, TikTok, whatever, and I just kind of assume the stuff is just there. But when I see when I went on the trip with you uh, to Mammoth Lakes and saw all the work that went into it, I was like, "Whew! All right, I got to step my game up, and I still gotta do that. <laughs> I really gotta. I gotta." What did you think? I was just twiddling my thumbs <laughs> this whole no, time. <laughs> no, but it's sort of like uh, <laughs> how do I put it. Let's put it like this: like if if you look at a sports player, right, a professional athlete and you just see them making baskets or something or kicking the ball in the net or, or playing football, whatever the case is, I think we often don't realize how much it really takes to get to that level of uh, superb athleticism. You know what I mean? Like, that, did I ever say this? Uh, I, I did this on a stream one time. I can't remember if it was here, though. Um, do you know who has the most missed shots in the NBA? Yeah, you told me, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, and there's, it, like, that always fascinated me because – and I only found that out maybe two or three months ago, but he's such a legend in in that field, in that in that area of expertise, in that in that sport genre. But he took so many chances, and you know, it takes a lot to to get to that place. So yeah, I have massive respect for people like that. Thank you so much, Sonnet, for the super chat. Prof Lou, are you drawing lines and values simultaneously? Well, I think we owe you an animation first. Basically, the green that I did first, that's mostly line, but it's not a really clear line. And so that's probably why it comes across looking that way. But all of these chunks of blue that I'm using for the highlights, this is all me using the side. So this is a chalk pestle I have by a company called Terry Ludwig. And I actually didn't know about them at all until somebody asked me to try them. And I'm actually a really big fan. They're really soft. They're, they're big and juicy. I, I'm a big fan of these now. <laughs> I like how you describe them as juicy. <laughs> well, they're just so yummy. <laughs> Hey, Sarah, who says, I've been away for too long. Need to get back in the art groove. Well, we're here to give you that nudge to get going with your work. And you don't have to make artwork every day. That is true. I, I think I think it depends very much on whether it's going to be like a career for you and also just how much you enjoy it. Because sometimes you get burned out. Like even me, I, it's in my career and I get burned out all the time. I'm just like, I need a break. I need three days off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. it happens all the time. I don't think I've ever drawn every day. The only time was in art school. Yeah, I, I needed time off at school. <laughs> art school, especially RISD, was brutal. Um, oh my goodness, yeah, I had a hard time because I think all the drawings would take so long, and uh, right. I would I didn't feel like I was getting that much better at certain points, so it was more frustrating than anything. Well, the thing is, at that point in your life, you haven't built up the stamina yet to uh -huh. be able to handle it because you're spending so much time learning new things and it's exhausting to learn new stuff. Yeah. 
especially if you're frustrated. That's one thing I've learned as a teacher. Like if you if you are frustrated, it's going or as a student, it, you're not going to learn nearly as quickly as any as everyone else. And that balance, figuring that out, is is really challenging sometimes. It is. Whenever I'm doing something I'm already good at, it's not hard. <laughs> it's yeah. just like boom, boom, boom. Get yeah. it done. <laughs> but I remember as a student thinking to myself, I hate not understanding things. <laughs> yeah, I still think that. <laughs> no, I guess I'm still a student in some ways, but uh, yeah, I still feel that. I think you have to be a student forever. How yeah. else are you going to stay relevant? That is true. Actually, there's a, I don't listen to him, but there's a rapper named Lil Wayne. And uh, he has said that is how he stayed relevant because he's been rapping since like he was 14. I think he's almost 40 now, if not actually 40. And they're like, how do you stay relevant this whole time? He said, you have to be a student, you know, and his success speaks yeah. for itself. But you know, it's, that's exactly, it. it's that philosophy. I mean, just think about how many skills you've had to gain since art school. Isn't it incredible to think about that? Huh. I actually didn't think about that, but you're right. You're right. There's a lot of things I had to learn since art school. I've actually been practicing style a lot lately, just trying to expand on that. I have yeah. like two or three books here on my desk. Um, from different artists who I've just been studying and learning from. And it's, you know, just that by itself is a challenge. Oh, cool. Lady Kimono is here from Twitch. I've been really lazy about Twitch. I We have it just because we can stream simultaneously from StreamYard, but I really have not been over there. Oh, I just can't wrap my head around one more platform. <laughs> I actually been meaning to set up my Twitch. I actually, I have an account. I just, I don't remember the username. <laughs> and Whoops. I, you know, like I, I really have to set up because I want to start streaming on YouTube and Twitch simultaneously as well. Right. But I but think I like any platform, you have to spend time over there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes, Sentient, I am streaming from the new desktop. <laughs> You all have no idea how wonderful my life is now. <laughs> it was so bad that when I wanted to edit video, I would edit for 10 minutes and then Premiere would shut down. It was that bad. And I had days where I just wanted to cry because I, I didn't edit for months and I had so many things to do. And I'm sorry, all of you, you've probably noticed there's been a big dump of videos lately, but that's because it's all the stuff that's been sitting around. I just haven't had time. I mean, the ability to post that stuff. Man, technology really throws you for a loop. That's how I feel slightly with Photoshop lately for like, for some reason, yeah. it's just moving way too slow. Like, and I, and I do live streams and I've literally had my... Uh, Photoshop crap out on me in the middle of my live stream and like my computers have shut off sometimes and like I just had dealt with some issues it's so I understand the issue. I understand it's not fun it's stressful because it's like that's my livelihood is to produce this content and what do I do when it's just totally paralyzed right 
not fun. I don't recommend it. I don't recommend having bad technology. Crispy says, do we need to only draw the reference photos of Ken? Can we draw something else? Oh yeah, draw whatever you want. I know a lot of people listen to us in the studio, which I think is just the coolest thing. And we're having a stage session after the stream today and you can share the stuff that you made. We don't critique it, but it is fun for people to share. So absolutely, definitely draw with us. I, I think it's nice because Jordan, it's just so lonely sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to be able to draw with, with a group, even if it's online and virtual and stuff, there's something about it that's just really nice. Especially if you come from art school, like Clara and myself. Oh, I went through like withdrawal when I got out of art school. It was just like having the rug pulled out from under me, like not having that community was made me really sad. Yeah. Yeah. I remember during the pandemic, I used to host staff draw along sometimes where like me and Lauren and Kat and Alex, we'd all get together and we just hang out and draw and stuff for a little bit. Oh yeah, it's really nice. Sentient says, amazing to see what different approaches you both take. Prof Lou blocking in big chunks of color. Jordan putting in these delicate, lively lines. Yeah, it's because I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa. I don't know how to do what she's doing. I don't, have, I, don't, I don't have as much interest in it. I'm more of an animation kind of guy. So lines are, lines are my jam. I mean, I appreciate beautiful lines. I mean, I look at your characters and it, again, it's like, I don't think people realize how hard it is to do good lines that aren't boring, but that look clean and are serving the character. It took me years to figure it out, <laughs> oh, like li literal years. It, it's something that um, you just, I, I don't know, you just have to, you just have to put the work in. I, I can't really describe it, but. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that you like my my line work. Well, I just think so much of the time people just do not understand how much work things are. And I don't know if it's just the internet having so much content that's just free and available that people just assume it's not a lot of work. But mm -hmm. I can tell all of you, whatever amount of work you think I'm doing, it's probably four times that no exaggeration. Jordan, you said that you couldn't believe how much work I put into social media. Yeah, I, I had no idea. Um, just watching you simply record like all the all the footage from our trip. I was like, Oh, my gosh, like, is this what it takes? Oh, I, I, I was underestimating gr like, greatly. <laughs> so yeah, that is what it takes. I mean, sometimes I feel a little embarrassed because I have such a ridiculous way of doing things, but I can't do it any other way. Like I'm not capable. I've been trying to post lower effort videos on TikTok because that's just the nature of the platform. And even a super simple, I can't do it. Like I'm still 
making adjustments and changing the contrast and I, I can't leave it alone. So even when I import a still into a video, I still feel like I need to fix it. Mm. Yeah. I, I kind of face that when it comes to like my shadow boxes project. Cause yesterday I was talking to a, a 10 year old who is really excited about it. And, I was, and he's like, when's it going to come out? I was like, oh, probably a couple of years or something like that, like a year or so. He's like, I can't wait till I'm 11 or 12 till it comes out. I was like, <laughs> and I, I just put my hand on his shoulder. I was like, you know what, son? I think you just need to learn to be patient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like, I, I, I don't think you understand how this works. And he's 10, you know, a year is an eternity for him. So yeah, right. I was like, come on, bro. <laughs> but even adults who I think should know better, like, people oftentimes make comments about things in our streams, of course, and also later on in the playback. And people are like, why isn't your audio balanced? It's very frustrating when one person talks louder than another on your live streams. I'm like, what do you think we are, NPR? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we don't have sound engineers working on our live streams. Like, come on. Yeah, that's annoying. I, I would get annoyed if I saw that comment. Well, because we do the best we can with what we have. And... I don't know. It, it just frustrates me. I know I shouldn't be bothered by it, but it still bothers me. Yeah. And, and clearly, even with the, according to that person, lackluster setup we have, we're still able to reach people. So there's that. Right. You know, like, and with it, it, I think it is really cool that we can still do amazing things just with the few tools that we do have. Like, Again, I don't listen to Billie Eilish, but I find it really impressive that she was able to get make like a Grammy award winning album in her garage or whatever. Like, just yeah, something that about is that. amazing. That is just like what you know. And she's like, I think at the time she was like seventeen or something. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's freaking incredible. All the stuff that can be done. Renegade says, "I gone from college to college taking art classes." When I finally settled in one college to be a teacher, they said, you have all the art courses you need to focus on education now. I was heartbroken. Oh, that's a bummer. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, Seven Angelic says, people don't understand until you're the one doing it, all the little steps and how long it takes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jordan, you probably were a little horrified by how anal I was. A little bit. A little bit. It's still, it still kind of horrifies me. But, you know, I should have expected it because I remember being your student. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I should have expected it. I should have seen it coming. But, um, exactly. Yeah. But, no, it, it definitely was a surprise. It, it, it's actually kind of good to see because, um, you know, I, I think when you're, when, when you see someone actually doing the process of it, you just learn so much about it. All your assumptions kind of go out the window. Like, right. like, you know, I've learned so much about writing in the last year or so, and I didn't realize just how challenging that could be to create a convincing story that people were invested in and using dialogue that didn't sound cheesy. Like that's a lot of really hard work that that goes into all the processes that that go with writing. You know, so yeah, I totally get it. Maria says, YouTube tweeted something poignant the other day. They said creators are the actor, director, editor, or something along those lines. Basically, they do it all. Yep. I pick up people at the airport. <laughs> I sweep the floor. 
<laughs> Actually, this is a really good example, Jordan. So I used to teach at this private elementary school a long, long time ago. And the principal there, he actually started the school. He mm -hmm. started the school from scratch. Wow. I think he said that the first year that they had the school, they had three students. Wow. Can you imagine doing something as gutsy as that? That's and crazy. today, the school has so many students. It's in Back Bay, Boston, which is a she-she area in Boston. And yet at the same time, though, you know what I used to always see him do? At the end of the day, when everybody had left practically, I would see him running up the stairs, taking out the garbage. And I was always like, you're the principal. Like, why are you taking hmm. out the garbage? But I get it. It's like when you're that invested in something, mm -hmm. you'll do anything to keep yeah. it going, even if it's a little frivolous. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there's a care and, um, with that. And just the, the idea of ministering and just taking care of you know the, those menial tasks i think is there's there's something very honorable about that well because i think it's sort of like old habits die hard and he certainly we had a custodial staff that wasn't the issue mm -hmm. but he probably was so used to doing that for so long that mm -hmm. i think it just became habit part of the gig for him that's cool. I, I really appreciate that. I, was, I too. Yeah, very humble. Well, what did you tell me about Kim Kardashian and her pool? Oh, there's a video with her and Kanye back when they were still married. And she, <laughs> she, uh, she was like, I really love our pool, but I've never been in it. And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, I've never been in our pool. And he was just like shocked. He's like, what? He's like, I pay for this multi-million dollar or multi, I don't know. I guess it was million dollar home. He's like, you don't even use the pool? Like, are you kidding me? He was so frustrated by that. Jordan, then, I like your Kim Kardashian voice. Oh, thanks. I made it up on the spot. And then, uh, oh, oh, this, this is the other thing she said. She's like, you know, it really frustrates me that we don't have a jacuzzi. And then he starts uh, imitating her. He's like, oh my gosh, can you believe we don't have a jacuzzi? There's a clip on it somewhere on YouTube. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh. Lisa says, I often see purple and green simultaneously in shadows on the skin. Is that my imagination? Nope. There's a lot of green in flesh. And I just think if you add green to your portraits, automatically it becomes more sophisticated in terms mm -hmm. of color. Because yeah. it's very easy to look at a model and say, oh, I see brown because... Mm -hmm most people have some brown in their skin somewhere and it's not that straightforward. And so what I say to a lot of people is, listen, if you're working on shadows, just do this, don't use black and just make them purple. And really what happens is the purple takes care of the value because I do think a lot of the times when people add black, they're trying to increase the contrast and get more value. But the thing is, the black, especially in soft pastel, it is like a bomb that <laughs> goes off. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful with black, for sure. Um, 
the way I always saw it when it comes to green is since the skin most of the time has a reddish kind of uh, hue to it, the green will act as a great complement, and it'll actually make things pop even more. Like I remember I was in one class at RISD and we would paint all of our uh, models with like this lime green, like Shrek color skin. And then we would slowly layer on top of it and it just would vibrate. It was really, really beautiful. And I always loved that technique. Yeah, so right now, if you look at my drawing, there's all these sort of electric blues in here that are really garish. But the thing is, to me, that's a preemptive measure to make sure that I don't get too muddy. Because if I start with a mild tone, it just gets muddier and muddier and it's really hard to control. So my way of dealing with the color is to make the color too bright. And then I know just naturally the colors are gonna get less saturated the more I use them. So sometimes if you're like me and you're color challenged, <laughs> that's a really good way to go about it. <laughs> oh, well. uh, Anit says, new PC is like having gourmet food. It's expensive, but it's amazing how good it is. Oh, I am so convinced that whole phrase, you get what you pay for. It is so true. Oh, <laughs> what yeah. a difference. Yeah, you got to know what things to spend your money on. And the, the way it was described to me was never skimp on your tools. Like if you need something yeah. for your business or for your work, you have to get the, the most quality thing at, that you can because um, it's an investment. It really is. Well, the thing is, once you have a hammer, you have a hammer. <laughs> you don't yeah. need to buy multiple hammers and upgrade them every year. And right. that's an investment. I have tools from art school that I never had to buy again. I have a, a chisel. I have several chisels, actually. And so while I know, obviously, everybody has a different budget, I do know sometimes people skimp because they think it doesn't matter. And then they realize, oh, my gosh, this hammer stinks. Now I need to go buy another one. And that that really stinks. Mm -hmm. yeah you gotta get the right tools to do the work that you need like that's why like if ever i'm buying a computer or which i just did actually but like if ever i'm buying a computer or like if i let's say i need to buy a new Cintiq in a couple of years or something like that i will spend as much as i need to to get that thing in in my house because i know it's going to be worth it I feel like he looks like a corpse, Jordan. The blue highlights. The blue highlights were a mistake. Why did I do that? To make it look like a corpse, to make it look cool. Oh, gosh, it's like The Walking Dead. Okay. I think it's time for some magenta. I don't really like using magenta, but he just looks too cold. <laughs> Actually, did you all notice I was putting this on Instagram that Deepti was in a zombie movie? Oh, she is? I didn't know. Yeah, well, she just movie. finished. It's so awesome. I know. Can't believe it. Deepti's a movie star. 
Oh my gosh. And I think, I don't know this show, but there's some show called Amsterdam and she had a thing in that too. That's so cool. Go deep, deep. If you're watching this, you rock girl. Yo, oh, thanks. wow. Look at this. Inji says, my dad used to always say some people are too poor to buy cheap things. And we also have Maria who says, we have a saying in Trinidad and Tobago, good thing, not cheap and cheap thing, not good. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Carolyn says, put your money into the things that matter. Knowing what those are is sometimes difficult. I've also seen your bed and your shoes are the most important because your sleep and feet no matter most. Yeah, when you think about, we spend, I think they said a third of our life in bed. It's like, oh, dude, my bed is important. Mm -hmm. Yep. And actually, going off the shoe thing, there's a line in Forrest Gump, I remember, where uh, he's going to war and he's in he's in the Vietnam War and they're like, it's like his first day um, on site or on on battle or whatever and the guy specifically says make sure you wear clean socks you don't want like you gotta wear clean socks that was like his biggest rule uh, because obviously if you don't take care of your feet you're not gonna be much help um sure so yeah actually i have a friend who is a geriatrician she cares for older people and i think it was oh no maybe i write it in a book either way they said that one thing that geriatricians can offer beyond your typical doctor is they really understand what's important in older age. And they said that a lot of geriatricians, they will check their feet first because actually a lot of the times all the other issues that they have in other parts of their body are caused by feet problems. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so smart to think that, oh my God, your feet could be what's messing with your balance or your ability to walk. I, I just thought that was so smart. Huh. Interesting. I know, isn't it? Yeah, you got to take care of those things. Everyone, I hope you're wearing clean socks. <laughs> I won't tell if, you, if you're not, but uh, I might want to go work on that. <laughs> <laughs> So Jordan, I think I have a new attitude about social media and I think it's helping me. Okay. My What's new attitude, because we had a video blow up. It was the one of me touching my face uh -huh. and it, it was absurd. I mean, I think we got 5,000 new followers in a week, which wow. is just crazy. I mean, before that, we had, I think, about 16.7 followers. And then within just a week, we added 25% more, which is so incredible. But I was thinking, you know something? I don't even think that video is that great. It's fine. I know people thought the footage of me touching my face was really weird. And so maybe that's what got it going. But... I really, really think social media with all the algorithms and all the stuff they're doing, I think it's a lottery. I think you're playing a lottery and you're just throwing all these things into that 
globe of balls <laughs> that they run for the jackpot and and you're just throwing all those balls in and maybe if you're lucky one comes out i i just don't think it's about quality it's totally not i don't think so i actually um do you remember vine do you remember that yeah i do yeah yeah it was like the six second videos which i think in my opinion is probably the forerunner of of tiktok but oh um, yeah but you know how much quality can you really have in six seconds when you really you think about it like just the just that sheer question um in and of itself and i think you're right i think it is a lottery in a lot of ways because you know i go on tiktok and i see some of the dumbest opinions on there sometimes oh and people so, some some people are just straight up messed up like the advice yes. they give to people is yeah, so horrible. Like, like I've seen, I've seen videos like this is how you take advantage of, you know, an older man for his money. Like I've seen videos. What? Like that. Yeah, I've seen it all the time, and they're and they're oh very God. thorough. They're very thorough. They got like bullet points, and they're like, okay, this is, you know, this is how you do this. This is what happens in this situation. There was one story, and she was talking about how she finessed different men by telling them they all had a that she had a birthday next week, so that he would basically fall in love with her in a week and then buy her some extravagant thing. And she would have like thirty birthdays a year or something because of that. Oh it's my crazy. God. Yeah, what is cool. wrong with people? Yeah, I don't know. But that kind of stuff like that gets hundreds and thousands of likes and views. And I'm like, why though? You're literally destroying society right now. Oh but, my God. Yeah. Well, so tell us in the chat, how many of you, when you've posted a short on whatever platform and been frustrated because you felt like, oh, my video must have been bad. That must have been why it didn't perform well. And I, I was thinking that the whole time that I started making shorts, which is just, I don't know, I suppose the past year and a half. And then after we had that one blow up, I was like, that one's really not that good from a filmmaking point of view, from, I guess, if you critique it in terms of the camera shots and blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, it is not about quality anymore. It is about just taking thousands of shots and hoping that your ticket <laughs> pops up one day. Sounds like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> oh, it does. It's like, who's going to get that chocolate bar to get the golden ticket? Yeah. I think it's totally that. Oh, I see this comment here from C. Cantrell. It says, Jordan, was Clara serious all the time as a teacher? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think I think we saw hints of uh, laughter every once in a while, like on break. Like we would, it would sort of be like that, um, it, like that noise in the woods that you hear every once in a while. You're like, did you, did you hear that? Did you hear that? And you get all excited about it. It was kind of like that. Um, and... Uh, and then I remember you telling us stories about your kids and at the time they were like toddlers. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We were like, wait a second, toddlers. Like you, you can't just be all serious with toddlers. Like there clearly has to be a, like a soft side. We just haven't seen it yet. So <laughs> we, we figured it out. But then we realized once you're not hurt, once you're not Clara Stewart anymore, that it, she's like how she is on stream. It's like, what the heck was all that about? You know? I know. So. <laughs> we're, we're not, 
as one-sided as people might think. <laughs> well, and I can tell you, I am such a pushover with my kids, big time. <laughs> because, okay, so you know how there's that whole, oh, I'm their parents, I need to push them, I need to discipline them, blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. I, I don't know that I subscribe to that anymore because the way that I see it, my kids are going to have plenty of people that push them, that are hard on them. And I would just rather give them a safe place mm -hmm. where I'm just going to be nice to them as much as I can. I mean, I'm not saying I don't yell at my kids because, oh dear, boy, <laughs> have I done a lot of that. But I, I just, I don't know that I need to be the disciplinarian just because so many other people will do that for them. I see. I don't know how much I can comment because I'm not a parent, but <laughs> but I will say when it comes to teaching, I, I kind of have something like that as well because there are some people who make some serious mistakes. Um, yeah. Like for example, uh, I was subbing for a class and the assignment was to draw a series of mechs. Or, uh, or like, or no, it was, it was vehicles, it was land vehicles. So like tanks, cars, stuff like that, but they had to add a cool concept to it. And I would over and over again, I'd be like, how do you get in? And they'd be like, uh, <laughs> like they literally <laughs> didn't put a door. They didn't put a door on some of these things. And I oh was like, and, and then and then what was funny is some kids tried to, or some students tried to like, you know, commit comp or something like, oh, it's in the back, you can't see it. And I was like, interesting. Ah! So you designed, a vehicle with it, it, like some of those cases it wouldn't even work at all and i was like you know you can just tell me you didn't put a door on it right like <laughs> like like it's better you admit that now than when you're in the industry and people are oh, like no. really mad at you because they'll fire you on the spot for mistakes like that you know like, i've seen it before um where where producers are going like i'm not paying for this and just yeah. like get, get rid of her get rid of him you know that kind of stuff so or, I mean, I think basically either people can be embarrassed and fess up at school or they can do it at a company where it's really embarrassing, right? Yeah. Because in school, you're supposed to mess up. You're supposed right. to not know any better. That's right. expected because right. you're a student. But when you're working at a professional company, people aren't thinking that way anymore. Yeah, that's, that's exactly that's, that's exactly why I tell my students, I'm like, look, the school system is set up in such a way where you're expected to kind of master this stuff in 13 to 15 weeks. And that's pretty much impossible. Like, it's very hard to just master yeah. something that quickly on top of all this other stuff. So I tell them, I'm like, look, I'm not expecting you to turn into the best designer that ever was. But if you can at least understand it, then when you're out of the class, then you can continue practicing it and you'll be much further along. Because, again, I can't always expect you know, people who just learn this to master it perfectly, unless they're just brilliant geniuses. But if that were the case, they probably wouldn't be in art school. <laughs> they would just be doing their own thing. Or just got lucky that one time. I mean, there's a term beginner's luck for a reason. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's those guys. We don't talk about those guys. <laughs> no, we don't need to talk about those lucky people. Inji says Instagram reels had a few crazy successful ones, but they were good. Well, yeah, sometimes that doesn't line <laughs> where I have a video that actually I think is good. It performs well, but Jordan, I posted a short the other day 
Mia told me to post it because she is our shorts expert. And I, I felt like a moron the whole time that I shot it. So basically there's this thing on TikTok where you write, so you're an artist. That's easy. That, that type of thing. Somebody making some silly assumption about what it's like to be an artist. It's a five second clip. I just put a painting down and I go like this. I just shake my head. That's it. And then I put text over it. It has 11,000 views on YouTube. It's one of our top performing shorts. And once I saw that, I was like, are you kidding? This just makes me want to cry, right? <laughs> That's frustrating. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You, you know, I, I, I like Kabi Lame a lot, like his videos. He's the guy who just goes like this all the time. But I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like, man, it's not like anyone does. No, I don't know a single person who doesn't have the ability to do this. You know? Yeah, I know. Case. But it's I like, the, so like part of me is like kind of mad that I didn't think of it myself. But the other part of me is like, dang, this guy just figured it out and is now, you know, hanging out with Snoop Dogg in, in the studio. Like that's just what he's doing now. His whole life has changed. As long as so I thought was funny. I read an article. I don't know. His, what's his name? Noah something. Maybe somebody can tell me. But anyway, there was an article about him in the New York Times. And it was really funny because he's one of the top accounts on TikTok. And yet the whole article was basically like, he's nothing special. Oh, <laughs> wow. That was really funny. <laughs> That is kind of funny, actually. <laughs> Just call this guy out. You ain't nothing. Yeah, so you, Tenku, honestly think it was never about quality. It's coincidence or someone pushes you to get popular. I mean, that's not a new concept. I have a friend who works in PR and she explained to me in PR, there's basically this concept where to be popular, you need to, quote, use someone else's platform. So the, what she was really saying was, hey, if Oprah <laughs> tells everybody, Jordan's Shadow Boxers cartoon is the best cartoon I've seen in years, yes. people, she has such a loyal following that no matter what she's pushing people will be excited about it right. and so that's oftentimes what you need is you need the validation from somebody yeah. who's trusted with the public yeah there's actually a company called a uh, black sands entertainment and they went on shark tank and they they have these um they have these comics that are based off of um like uh the mythos of ancient egypt and stuff like that and they recently got um funded by kevin hart for like 500k and uh, and now they're about to start making like shows and more comics and all this stuff. Like they're about to go really, really big. And shoot, I wish Kevin would support me. <laughs> like Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Hart, if you watch this, bro, I like your stuff. Hit me up. <laughs> My Instagram is right there. <laughs> yes. Well, the other story I have is Ira Glass, who is a NPR darling because he hosts that show um, this American life. And he gave David Sedaris, who is a very well-known humor writer. I love David Sedaris. 
And so because Ira Glass validated him, everybody went, oh yeah, he's really good. And he is really good. I'm not saying he's not, but that was what launched his career. Always need someone to help you. Yep. Absolutely. You, I, I am so convinced, Jordan, you can't be an artist by yourself. No, I don't think you can do anything by yourself necessarily in, in terms of, uh, I mean, obviously you can make artwork, but I think you always kind of need that push. Um, always like, like the validation you said. Um, and what, like whether it's a music artist, whether it's a visual artist, whether it's a film making thing, there's very few people who can just go in and do it all by themselves, you know? And there are those people, but it's very far and few between. Um, and I, I wouldn't count on that. I actually think it'd be more challenging that way. <laughs> oh, I, I wouldn't recommend that approach to anybody. I think it's too stressful. Did you ever hear the story about how Steven Spielberg uh, actually d was able to direct Jaws? No. So, so I read this in um, in a book called Think and Grow Rich, and it's like expanded, and they have all these stories about how people, you know, in modern times became successful. So Steven Spielberg, back when he was like in his early twenties, he went to Universal Studios and snuck in on like and got on a tram ride, and then while that was happening, he snuck off and hid somewhere on set. And just the whole day, and then when he left at the, at evening time, he became friends with the security guard, and so whatever his name was, Jim or whatever, he's just like, "Hey, what's up, Jim? How you doing, man? Oh yeah, I'm just working here. I'm trying to get it, this and that." And so he would do that every day. He would go and walk past the security guard, and the security guard just assumed he worked there because he saw him the night before. <gasps> and so then he started getting chummy with all the producers and directors and stuff. And he had a very specific movie in mind that he wanted to direct, and the movie was called Jaws. And um, oh my God. and he just basically charmed them into giving him the movie. They actually wanted to give it to another director who had more experience. Steven Spielberg had no experience whatsoever, and he just talked them out of it. And he ended up directing Jaws. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yep. I mean, the whole fake until you make it thing—it actually is so true. It's crazy. I well, still can't so believe that story. I can't remember who this was. It, it's some super famous Wall Street broker. I mean, he makes millions of dollars on Wall Street now. And he said in this book that the way he got in, he stalked this one really famous broker on Wall Street and just would wait until he came out of the building to go somewhere. And he said one day he was jumping into a cab. And so the guy jumped into the cab with him. <laughs> and they had a conversation. And by the time they were done, he, he had gotten himself a job interview. It's like, what? I would never have the balls to jump into a cab with somebody just because I wanted to get a job from them. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. But I kind of think that's the sort of stunt that works i mean who has the guts to do that like very few of us but yeah. this guy was determined yeah i've i've heard stories of people who uh like once you I, i've seen stories where people just like make a decision and they will write something down and they'll say 
like there's actually stories where people say i need a million dollars by the end of the week and they will get what? it an investor yeah i'm serious like um i forget the name of the person if i had time to look in my book i would i would tell you but it was um it was a guy who just needed some type of investing for this company and he was like similar story he like stalked this guy he like knocked on doors and somehow he was able to get that funding and he just was so determined to get it like he would not take no for an answer and i'm not saying if you do that you're going to get a million dollars but i think the i won't take no for an answer mentality is actually probably what excels a lot of these people like steven spielberg like he's like i'm i'm getting this movie like we're doing this right. <laughs> this is you know so yeah there's something about the way you talk to yourself which is really important well, also, it helps to be a smooth talker. <laughs> that too. That too. Yeah, you can't be weird. <laughs> or at least you don't show it at that time. You wait until they give you the money and the opportunity, then you could be weird. Well, actually, you know what really helps? And, and this is the case for me too, is, you know, a lot of artists say, oh, I want to connect with this artist. They can help me achieve what I want. And, and that's fine. I mean, I've totally done that myself. But you know what I think the problem is when people make that connection, they ask for something right away. And that is a mistake. Like mm -hmm. if you meet me, Jordan, at Comic-Con, I don't know mm -hmm. why I'm there, but let's say, let's say I me. meet you at Comic-Con. <laughs> support let's me. <laughs> I'm at Comic-Con. I'm like, oh my God, Jordan is the guy that made Shadow Boxers. Dude, I need to meet him. And so let's say I meet you. We say hello. And I say, oh, can I come work for you tomorrow? Like, I want a job right now. Like, why would you ever help me? You just met me. Why would you do that? Mm -hmm. But people do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I think um, I, one, one thing I'm trying to learn to not do is just assume stuff, you know? And yeah. I think so many times we stop ourselves from opportunities because we just assume it's not going to work. When in reality you could have your whole life changed by one experience like uh just a couple weeks ago like i was at a coffee shop and i was drawing it was one of those coffee shops that they have tables and desks and stuff and people are working on their laptops and probably writing yeah. the next big blockbuster and stuff and i have my right. legend of core art book open and uh i was walking around stretching and this guy uh noticed it and he's like hey is that your book turned out he was uh, an artist who worked in a game company nearby. <laughs> oh. It was just like, huh, like, what do you know? You know? And so, it, it, like, if, if he, if I hadn't started up that conversation with them, or if he, or I guess he asked me technically, but like, you never, you just never know the type of connections you can make with people. And you can't assume stuff sometimes. Or to assume that, oh, I'm not good enough, therefore I shouldn't try. Yeah, that one is something that, uh, <laughs> that I'm still working on myself. Oh, everybody is. It's yeah. so hard. Yeah. But you know something? Side. What I tell people is you can't eliminate yourself. Let other people eliminate you. Mm -hmm. Because if you eliminate yourself, you're never going to get anything. <laughs> like, literally, you won't. Yeah. My mom's been telling me that for years. Her way of saying it is let them tell you no. That's, that's the way yes. she phrases it. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, I was telling the story to somebody in the Discord the other day that I had this student at RISD and she was going to apply for this really prestigious summer program for juniors in college. 
And she said to me, Clara, I'm not going to apply. I can't do it. The work is not good enough. There's no chance I'll get it. I'm not going to apply. And I was like, are you crazy? Just send it in. Okay. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Guess what? She got in. <laughs> wow. That's how I felt about college applications, <laughs> actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I was so nervous because, you know, I, I, um, I just naturally have this thing where uh, I tend to doubt myself and my ability and stuff. And yeah. I applied to mostly all art schools. I applied to all art schools except for USC. And I was more so to appease my mom than anything. She was like, well, just in case. I got into just about every school I applied to. <laughs> there was like two that I did not even care about them. And I was like, all right, you know, so I guess I should not eliminate myself before it's time. No. Okay, I need to go shake this off because there's so much powder here. So just give me a minute, everybody. <laughs> I'm still learning Clip Studio Paint. This is such a different program than what I'm used to. All right, I'm back. I like this comment. Our prof does not endorse jumping into people's cabs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you should make sure you know who's in that cab. <laughs> Enter at your own risk is basically what, <laughs> what we're saying. Exactly. There's a lot of things we don't endorse. <laughs> Publicly. <laughs> Lady Kimono says having a very set goal working hard towards that goal, you will find a way, but luck and connections has a lot to do with it. Oh my gosh, it's, that's how you get in. The good opportunities are through personal connections. It's not applying to things. People think, oh, I should apply for this particular art co-op, or I should apply for this gallery. When galleries don't function that way. Galleries don't take applications. You literally cannot do that with them. And yeah. I know, Jordan, for you, you've had um, Michael Buffington has been a big mentor for you, but he's also connected you to various people. Yeah. Like, matter of fact, I went to Lightbox a couple of weeks ago and I met some of my favorite artists of all time because he knew them. Like uh, one of my favorite artists is Phil Barasa. I talk about him a lot in like my very mentioned character design and stuff. And I was walking by and he was just chumming it up with with Phil and his wife and introduced me and everything i was like oh my gosh it's like my, my favorite artist i studied you in school bro and um you, you know you just you just never you just never know but life is really about relationships and um you can't underestimate that whenever you're trying to develop something it's about relationships and it's about trust because it's one thing to have a student that oh i really like their work blah 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 but you know what I noticed, Jordan, on Art Prof, the personality matters more almost than the artwork. So mm -hmm. I know a lot of brilliant students who make incredible work, but they're not a good fit for Art Prof because they don't have the personality for it. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think people understand how far personality goes. They think it's just the skill, and that's not true. Yeah. I, I, every person I know um, who's been in a position to hire someone who has said that same exact thing where, you know, if they had to, if, if your work is better than anyone else's, but you're a pain in the neck to work with, you will not get hired 
because nope. no one wants to work with a monster all day or someone who's just crabby and in a bad mood all the time or is always complaining. You know, it's just it's just a bad work environment. So, yeah, I think a lot of people do underestimate that. And I'm sorry, everybody. I know you don't like to hear this, but um, people do care about the artist beyond their work. I know a lot of people wish it was, oh, let my artwork speak for itself, but that's just not the case anymore. It's just the way that the world is structured um, with social media. It, it's like, it's true. The, I hate to say it, but the personality does matter more in a lot of circumstances. You know, I was actually watching something on um, YouTube and it was uh, Beyonce discussing that. And she said that people, um, don't really make albums anymore and she was saying that a lot of people like the nina simones and the diana Rosses, those people they kind of just made art and let the art speak for itself but now like you said we're in the age of social media we're in the age of you know everyone being in everyone's business and you kind of can't escape it and she's actually kind of lamenting the fact that some of the things that she has to do as a performer as an entertainer are purely due to uh the image and not just the music yeah, back then, that was doable. Mm -hmm. Not anymore. Yep, and you better not have said something 10 years ago on Twitter. <laughs> That's controversial. Amanda, thank you so much for the super chat. We also have another one from way back. Sorry, RB Dick, I didn't get to it when it popped up, but we do owe you both some animations. Thank you all for your support. Blue Wolf says, have you heard about the third door? The front door is the normal way in academia. The back door is through connections, but there's always a third door. And if you find it, you have an alternate. I love that, Blue Wolf. I never heard of that before. Well, I'm confused. So what is that third door then? <laughs> Wait, if it's that, well, the connections in the way, well, yeah, I'm lost. No, no, no. The connections are the third door. Oh, okay. Okay. Just misheard. Pardon. What? He still looks like a corpse. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. I haven't worked with Pastel in a long time. <laughs> it was those blue highlights. I shouldn't have started with those blue highlights. That was such a mistake. Now I'm paying for it. <sighs> that's why I like shorter drawings <laughs> for moments like that. Well, that's what's hard about chalk pastel is I, I really think it's so easy to overwork a soft pastel drawing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's really easy to overwork anything. Even a, a digital drawing can overwork it. Oh, sure. And I think probably some of you are noticing I am doing a little bit of smudging. I tend to save that for towards the end. But it's hard because if you do too much, it can get very muddy very fast. Good advice from Carolyn. When I was in music school, I had teachers say, quote, 
they see you before they hear you. Meaning that as soon as you walk out onto the stage, they're already deciding if they like you. Image matters. That is so true. And really, even posture makes a difference. I mean, Ken, the model who we're drawing right now, I loved it when he modeled for my classes because he was so regal. The way he would stand was just so powerful looking. I mean, I oftentimes felt like when he was doing a seated pose that he was on a throne. Like it really felt that way, the way that he posed. That's really powerful. Oh, I love him. I miss him so much, Ken. One of my favorite models and Linda and Sarah and Lori, they're all on the Flickr page right now. And oh my God, I nearly cried when I saw them at RISD this summer. Like I just miss them so much. Oh, wow. Cause I bet, cause you've been working with them for what, last 15 years, something like that? I or, knew or, or... Linda in 1998. She was a model when I was a student. Oh, wow. Isn't that incredible? That is really cool. And then when I went back to teach at RISD, I mean, it felt like homecoming. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, all these people, they're such a big part of my life. And now I get to work with them as a teacher. It just was the greatest thing. I loved it. That's cool. That's one thing. I do miss the hustle and bustle of campus. Do you? Uh, depends what time of year. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not much of a winter guy all the time. Yeah, that was cold. That was too much. <laughs> and honestly, the hustle and bustle, like I could, I, my, what I didn't like was the, um, carrying the giant charcoal pads everywhere. Oh that's God, what, that was the worst. That's what I didn't like, you know, and especially cause I personally knew that I would never use that in my career. Like I've been working in the industry for about three years now and I've never once picked up a piece of charcoal, never ah! once used um, anything bigger than eight, eight and a half by 14 paper, unless you count my Cintiq, which is necessary, um, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. I'm very much okay with that. <laughs> Poor Jordan and the charcoal pads. Did, did I ever tell you about how I changed one teacher's opinion on uh, on curriculum? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, point. yeah, yeah. I think, but tell it again. So I was um I was in a, a clothes figure drawing class, and the class was um all charcoal basically, and she wanted us to use um uh like compressed charcoal, and I told her like, look, I hate this. It's not even in my field. Like, I don't need this at all. Like, can I please draw in pencil? And she would always see me like sketching in pencil. And, you know, she, whenever I, I, she allowed us to use pencil for homework, I always turned into desk work. And so she literally, um, and we fought over this for the entire semester. And at one point she called, um, called someone in my department and asked his opinion about using charcoal versus pencil. And he was like, you know, my students don't ever struggle with with this, you know. And then after I left the class, she changed the policy and allowed pencil to be used. Oh my gosh, that's so yeah. funny. And all my classmates thanked me. They're like, Jordan, you fought for us. <laughs> you fought for oh us. My gosh. Thank you. <laughs> that's really funny. I went to war for them. Oh my gosh, what do I do with these wrinkles? They're so hard. 
on his forehead. Like, I think what's hard about it is the wrinkles cross over each other. Mm -hmm. That's driving me a little crazy right now. Why do they do, huh? I haven't really looked, <laughs> looked at the wrinkles like that. Well, are. you don't see it all the time. It depends on the place that the wrinkles are located. But yeah, there are certain parts where they cross over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to add the wrinkles without them looking too, I guess, cartoony. I, I just don't want them to look like that. Some Angelic's asking, there's a digital charcoal brush, though. Do you ever use that one? Digital charcoal brush? Um, well, now that I'm in Clip Studio, uh, no. Because <laughs> I, I actually only use the brushes that I know because I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, I like the look of charcoal, but it's just, I don't know. I just always had issues with it. And uh, maybe I'll change my mind one day. Maybe I'll do digital charcoal. I just don't like charcoal because it's so messy. And all my drawings have smeared, regardless if I use fixative or whatever. Um, so who knows? Who knows? But the look of it is beautiful. Like if I see a book or a nice piece that's made with charcoal, I will totally acknowledge that it's beautiful. But me, on the other hand, I'm okay. I don't need to use it. Amanda says, I got an internship at NASA because my grandfather was roommates with the man that designed the moon buggy in college. <laughs> It doesn't wow. even have to be a direct connection. It's true. Oftentimes, it is not directly through an artist. It's somebody went to school with somebody and college roommates. I mean, that's a thing. Yeah, that's how I, I kind of uh, had a situation like that where I got a chance to go to Disney when I was a senior in high school to meet the creator of uh, Phineas and Ferb. is because my dean knew um, that I was interested in art. And she, I guess, found some alumni whose uncle was associated with him. I don't even know how the connection even came out, to be honest with you. But I ended up going to Disney and seeing, like, Phineas and Ferb stuff, and it was awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, so I would just tell everybody, keep your eyes open, because you just don't know. Sometimes just one email reaching out. I was telling Kat the other day, the only reason I have the mentors that I have, some of you have probably seen the videos I've been releasing with Andrew Raftery, my former RISD professor, and I told Kat, listen, the only reason I'm still in touch with him is because I just would bother him twice a year. I just would call him up and be like, Andrew, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> and He's nice and we get along, but there's no way he ever would have reached out to me. He's a professor. I'm the student, right? And I just mm -hmm. kept bothering him. And now we've been friends for 27 years. That's awesome. I know. I guess it's kind of similar to how I apparently showed up for your class one day and I don't even yes. remember it. <laughs> yes. If you hadn't shown up that one day, I don't think I would have contacted you for this job. That's so wild to me. Because I swear I don't even remember that event. <laughs> I guess my mama raised me right. <laughs> you know, it probably was one of those, you were in the ISB building and you wandered into my class. You know, it's probably something really random like that. Probably. 
because it definitely was not a calculated situation. I was not anticipating being on on art prof. I don't think I, I knew what art prof was at the time. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> it didn't, didn't exist at the time. I was just yeah, getting that's started. Good. That's a good thinking point. about it. I know. Yeah. So I, I just am convinced that nothing we do doesn't matter. Little things that we just, uh, whatever, can be extremely meaningful later on. Yeah. And people have strong memories. <laughs> They'll remember. They do. And the thing is, sometimes you remember and you're like, oh, that person doesn't care about me. And it's like, I don't think people know this is my little secret, but I take notes in my head about people. <laughs> <laughs> telling on yourself be careful <laughs> well and it, it's negative and positive like sometimes i'll meet somebody and say huh that person seems really interesting but then i don't act on it right away but mm -hmm. then something comes up and i do act on it eventually other times it's okay that's a red flag i'm not going to work with that person mm. I guess I kind of do that too, but probably in a much lesser sense because I don't hire people. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, that's the thing is I'm always, I, I wouldn't say I'm scouting all the time, but I do pick up when I notice somebody. For example, I don't know if you all here knew, but Mia was an intern in 2016 and did editing work for me here and there. Now she's a teaching artist and it's because she planted that seed a lot. She probably had no idea, but that's a good example. ALC says, as a teacher, be an authority, not an authoritarian. It's a big difference. At the same time, I don't think teachers should try to be friends to their students because my kids, one of them has this principal who she really does not like. And she said that he's always hanging out with them at lunch. And she said, it's really annoying. It's like, you're the principal, okay? Like, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't be friendly with the kids, but she said that he actually goes by his first name. I'm like, dude, not in middle school, okay? Like, you're the principal. You should not be asking students to call you by your first name. And I, I think it's because he's trying a little too hard to feel friendly with the students. And I just think that's a mistake. That's so funny. I never once called um, my teachers like Mr. or Miss anything unless it was preschool. Every school I went to was first name only. I don't know what it really? was. About. Yeah. Well, I went to the same school K through 12. So that might have had an impact impact but everyone was first names um college and grad school all first names um but i do at the same time though i do agree that uh there should be a level of separation between students and teachers at least especially okay if you're if, if it's like a high school middle school type situation definitely not friendly <laughs> until they're past graduation so if yeah. it's on a college level then it's i think it should wait till at least after the semester and then i could take more classes with you like it should be there should be a separation oh well in college you have to be careful yeah. i mean i had certain personal policies and so one policy i had was if i was meeting a student say having a one-on-one -on -one whatever office meeting wherever i was i always kept the door open mm -hmm. and that's a 
seems like a small thing, but it's not. It, it's sort of like a subtle message saying, hey, this is open and nothing bad is going to happen, right? right? Because there are people that do that. Yeah. Yep. Take things out of context, mess you up your whole career. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. And the other thing I used to do is I, I never touch students ever. Mm -hmm. Unless the whole class is having a crying fit on the last day of class and I give them a group hug. Fine. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair one. That's fair. Blue Wolf says teachers and students need a separation. Otherwise, you will not get a moment of peace. The students will drain you. Oh my God, yes. They will jump, they're like, <laughs> I had one teacher, she's like, students are like leeches. They just attach and suck all your blood out. And they will do that if you don't really put your foot down about, hey, that that's, we're not doing that, people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I had a student once in college. She's like, can I model for you? I'm like, no! <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what are you thinking? Yeah, that'd be an awkward conversation. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh gosh, this is getting really muddy. Oh, I'm not happy with this. I did this one drawing of the model a couple of weeks ago at Life Drawing that I was happy with, and it's just been downhill from there. A couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Oh, that's really sad. I'm sorry. Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> what? What do, you want, what do you want me to say? We mean clap or something? I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, gee whiz. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Lady Kimono says in Norway, everyone is first names. Well, actually, what was interesting is at RISD, we had a lot of students from Korea and China. And in Chinese culture, it is so, oh my gosh, you, you, they're so militant about the discipline and respect. And I had students who are international and they they would not speak in class unless I asked them and I didn't want that. I wanted them to participate in the group critiques, but I think just culturally it was just so uncomfortable for them to have that. Hmm. Interesting. I have to take note of that next time I have um I mean, a lot of the international students, they were just so uncomfortable with the first name basis that <laughs> it's very funny. They would call me Professor Lou and I'd say, no, it's okay. You can call me Clara. And so then they'd call me either Ms. Lou or Professor Clara and they, they just couldn't do it. Like it was too hard for them, too big of a change. Yeah, I noticed most of my students just call me Professor. It's so, it's so weird for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want them to well, call me Professor McCracken Foster because that's just a mouthful and some of them don't speak English that well. I know it would be a challenge. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. You do have a very long last name. Yeah, I think I'm just going to say Professor Foster because that's what I'm more used to growing up. It actually wasn't oh, too okay. recent. I started going by McCracken. So. 
I like McCracken. It sounds like Kraken, that sea monster. <laughs> Actually, it's funny you say that. I I found out the first sketchbook that I release that's not Shadowboxes related is going to be called Release McCracken Volume One. That's what it's going to be. Called. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Whenever that isn't happens. that isn't that what they say? Release the Kraken. <laughs> yep. Yep. But it's going to be Release McCracken. Oh my yep. god, I love it. <laughs> I came up with that like in high school and I just I haven't put out a book but uh one day that's what it's gonna be Ginger says I was homeschooled it's so weird for me to call teachers by their last name I think it just depends on your experience and what you're used to Uh, I'm trying not to ruin this now, Jordan. <laughs> like, it's at that point where I'm like, ugh, stop away. You're doing fine. I don't know. It's like the forms are really complicated in his face. There's so much to draw. I've just been simplifying everything. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, I, I don't have the bandwidth to be like counting the wrinkles on his forehead or whatever oh i know i i just find like two and then i'm like okay there there's something else here whatever <laughs> yeah. I, that's one thing when it comes to doing line work especially where you have to learn how to simplify very well because if unless you are have mastered it uh you know it's easier to to draw less and to make the image more clear than just yeah. drawing everything at once because like when I'm teaching, I'll have them do assignments like draw this many arms, draw this many legs and stuff. And they'll draw the interior lines just as strongly as the contour lines. And mm. it just looks like, you know, all these, like, all these outlines of stuff. It just, it's it's really hard to figure out what's going on. And I have to tell them like, look, you got to erase some of this, bro. Like, <laughs> this is not, I have no idea what you just drew. I have no idea what this is. <laughs> I think so much of being an artist is choosing what not to draw, don't you think? Oh yeah, definitely. Bringing out what not to include, yeah. Well, because if out. you just draw everything, it just ends up being too busy almost. Yeah, yeah. I have a, <laughs> I have a friend who, um, who's trying to advertise certain events on his Instagram story and he does not know I, he does not understand the idea of less is more and so he'll yeah. have like a whole quote from a book that's like two or three sentences long which is my in my opinion is already too much but then he'll cover the entire thing up with memes and like emojis and stuff to the point where it's just no. everything is moving and i keep telling him I'm like dude you have to stop that and he just doesn't listen to me <laughs> for some reason oh, gosh i'm like oh okay <laughs> you know it drives me crazy is I oftentimes get emails from my kids' teachers, and, and that's fine, I don't mind that, but they write paragraphs of stuff, and usually there's one thing that might apply mm -hmm. to me. Like, yeah. oh, this week we're doing this. I'm like, just get to the point, okay? Yeah. And the thing is, because I know they do that, I don't read them anymore. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, 
I, I struggle with that too sometimes where I just say I put too much fluff. And I remember doing it, an email sample for a class at RISD. And they're just like, get to the point, Jordan. Get to the point. You don't have to say all this. It's like, okay. Yeah, move, no. Move, people, move 90 words. People don't have the attention span. Oh, everybody, Claudia Roto is here. If you don't know, I was able to meet up with Claudia and her sister when I was in Portugal. And that was so fun to meet you in person. And I, I wish I had the funds to travel the world because I suspect any country I go to, there's going to be some art prof people there. <laughs> it's so cool. The fact that you can say that is so awesome. It is. It's incredible that we are, quote, meeting these people. And then when you meet them in person, it's just the most extraordinary experience. Mm -hmm. Kit Kat, going to make a still life painting soon. Any tips you didn't mention in your video? Well, I don't know which video you watched, but we have many. So I would just type in Art Prof Still Life, and a bunch of those will pop up. And hopefully that gives you a hand. Oh, my God. This has happened to me, Jordan. Lisa said, how often did a student mistakenly call your mom or dad? Okay, I don't know that that happened that often, but I had so many students either say to me, Clara, you're my RISD mom. Or they'd say, you remind me of my mom. I'm like, I, I don't know <laughs> that I want this designation. <laughs> That's funny. I haven't gotten that yet, but uh, I'm, a, I'm gonna keep an eye out now. <laughs> It's because you're too young. Once you hit like 40, that's when you start getting comments like that. Okay. Yeah. Once I get some grays in my beard, because some of my students are older than me. So, oh, <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. They still respect me. It's fine. But I could tell, like, I don't reveal my age, but, um, but some of them mentioned theirs. And I'm like, oh, we're like five years apart, <laughs> you know? <laughs> some of them have families. So They're like, yeah, my wife and my baby are in the background and all that stuff. Oh my gosh, that's so cool though. I like that. Yeah, it's 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 fun. I try and have fun with my classes. We played the thriller album a couple of days ago. It was great. <laughs> All right, everybody. Jordan is doing a live stream tonight. Can you tell us a little bit about what you'll be doing, Jordan? Yeah, I'm going to be doing some head sketches, uh creating characters essentially, but we're just gonna focus on heads, and I think I'll be able to do a lot more than I usually do with full body characters. So it's gonna be lots of fun. It's on the Joe McFoe Show YouTube channel tonight at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember everybody, we are doing a stage session in the Discord after the live stream. So please meet us over there in the post live streams stage channel. And a big thank you to our top Patreon supporters. You are all so, so important to us. And you're the reason why we're doing draw longs now. So thank you all for your support and we'll see you next time. Bye.